This week, there has been a lot of what I refer to as big picture moments. Uh, the conversations that I had with people who I work with uh, regarding mindfulness and mindful coping practice, there were a lot of discussions this week about the cha- really what I would call the challenges of being human and how to cope with those things. And as simple as it sounds, it really, even though it is simple, as I have sometimes said, it is certainly not easy to do. And when I talk about the challenges of being human, I have experienced a lot of those this week myself and have talked to a lot of people who have also. And really this week, as far as what is kind of top of mind for me in terms of the challenges of being human are the need to be right the need to win, the fear of losing, the clinging to things that are fleeting and that come and go, but that we hold on so tightly to them because that's what our habit has been. And it is all really because we are human. All of these things. Uh, This week, a lot of the concerns around the worries and fears about whether I'm doing the best that I can Am I making the right choices? And I don't necessarily want to go on, you know, on and on about every single facet of what it's like to be human, but this is just kind of a small sampling of those things. And the most important thing that I have learned, if I've learned anything at all, is that trying to not be human, in other words, if I'm trying to just force myself to robotically not be plagued by these things or not to have to struggle. It's like you're kind of looking for a shortcut and finding some way of not having to, uh, to deal with these things. What I found is the more that I've tried to escape being human, the more difficult it has been to be human. And what I also find too is that the only thing that I really have found that does work is practicing mindfulness and practicing mindful coping. And they really go hand in hand. And I've often really spoken of really how really they are almost really one and the same. The only difference is that if I practice being mindful, especially in the beginning, and in a lot of cases, I find that a lot of people I work with continue to do this on a regular basis, and I do as well, although it's not required. And it's never really required in the beginning, although most people find it works best when you you begin a mindfulness practice to simply find a comfortable place and sit still, whatever that looks like, and just pay attention to your mind. And there are various meditation, meditation practices focusing on breathing in and out, focusing on an object, uh, looking at something or visualizing something in your mind paying attention to to breathing and how that changes depending on what is going on and what you what it is that is in your mind all of these things and really I found I have met people before that do this you know mindful walking and even mindful running uh, there are a lot of different there's really no right or wrong for this the only real real criteria for these meditation and meditational and calming practices are, you know, do they allow you to pay attention to something besides what it is that you're thinking? 
that is really just the beginning. That's just really the first step because one, it's really hard to look at what is going on in your mind. It's hard to pay attention to your thoughts if your mind is not already calm. And so these, these practices really go hand in hand. The more that I practice calming my mind, the more able I am to actually be able to pay attention to what it is that I'm thinking and what's going, you know, what it is that my mind is actually doing. And what I find is that in order to really deal with the challenges of being human, that this is the only thing that I have really found that has worked. There are so many things that I have tried to do uh, other than that that really have just turned out to be self-improvement programs that I really cannot sustain. And I can't speak for everyone, but I know for myself that really going back to the root or back to the source of where the struggles are, and, I, and, and what I have found at least, is that the root of that, going all the way to the source, is really going back to the mind and being able to develop the discipline. And that's really what it boils down to is that if I want to be able to not, if I want to be in a position where I'm not carried away with everything I'm thinking about how I'm feeling, if I want to be in a position where I can clearly appreciate the difference between feeling and thinking, and that much of, if I'm not careful, if I'm not paying attention, much of what I am telling myself that I'm feeling and even though you know this this you know that this does have its roots in what is happening to us physiologically in our bodies and in our minds so much of the suffering really comes from the thoughts about those about those feelings and when i can separate that out i can really begin to i don't want to ignore the thoughts <clears throat> because all that's doing is then I become the person that's trying to ignore what my thoughts are. I'm trying to, I'm identifying as the person trying not to pay attention to my thoughts. And then, then the more I do that, the more that I'm caught up in that identity. So when I'm not able to successfully do that, then I'm not winning at that either. I'm not able to, to be to successfully do that. So really what I want to do here is I just simply want to be able to calm my mind first of all however that looks and that changes from day to day and really it's a matter of, of trying different things until we find what we feel like really works and maybe it's more than one thing and it really depends on what kind of mood that we're in we you know we can get to where we can begin to have an intuitive feel for what is really going to be best in that moment for letting our minds calm down and there again we're not trying to make them calm down we're just trying to to actually pay attention to everything that's going on around us or some aspect. And really, again, it's just a, a way of paying attention to what it is that we're experiencing. And then once we can do that, we can then really deal with and take a closer look at one of the, the things that affects us more than anything, I would think, would be our thoughts. And so really it's, it's kind of, it's really, it's, it's looking at, you know, going back to the source and realizing that a lot of what it is, what it feels like to be human really happens between our ears. As I've heard someone's want, someone once used that phrase, that a lot of that is what's really going on in our heads.
And so if I can do this, I'm not trying to change myself. If I'm really trying to change anything at all, it's that I am just trying to pay. I'm trying to change my ability. I'm trying to become, if anything, and I'm not trying to do it. I'm just, I'm allowing it to happen because I'm paying attention to those thoughts. The only thing that I really can see that really is going to benefit me at all is to be able to be someone who can pay attention to these thoughts and develop some some distance from them to where it's more I'm more of an observer of the thoughts than I am believing that I you know that my reality is everything that I'm thinking that it is because I know in a lot of cases that's not my reality that's that's what they refer to as relative reality it's just my take on whatever it is that I think is happening I had a teacher one time that used a word that I have never forgotten and it was used in the context of just being a human being, just being in the moment. Really just when we're able to be in the moment and feeling whatever it is that we're feeling and we're not trying to deny it, we're not trying to avoid it, uh, whatever's going on in our heads, there's actually some place, and I don't really, really even want to refer to it as a place, I think it is just a state of mind. When we're in that moment of what they refer to, what... Uh, behavioral scientists refer to as a flow state when we're in that at that point where we just are we're no longer caught up in being anybody in particular we're not we don't have an agenda in that particular moment it's it's as if we are just really being more than it is that we are doing and I I will say though that the more this is practiced it is possible to be actually doing our work and doing what what it is we do in the world and living out our lives, but still really be coming from a place more of being than of doing. We're not, we're not identifying completely with what we're doing. We're just doing, we're able to trust that we're doing what we know is best, but it's really coming more from a place of being. My teacher referred to this as grooving. And I know this is just kind of a, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's one, it's, you know, it's not an official term for anything, but it, it really resonates with me. And so when, you know, when there have been times when we've just been sitting in, st- in stillness and in silence, just being, you know, being together, being in the moment, you know, he'll just refer to that as, you know, hey, we're grooving. And uh, I, I really like that word. And there again, I'm not necessarily believing or trying to convince anyone else that it's the best way to characterize this. It's just really, I think it's just an example of what happens when we really do begin to appreciate what it really is to just simply be with, you know, who, to be who we are and what we are in the moment and not need for it to be anything different. When I'm not worried about winning, when I'm not fearing losing, when I'm realizing that if I am going to lose, it's really okay to lose. Nobody really glamorizes that or glorifies it. But at the end of the day, as a human being, sometimes you know, we are going to lose. We're not always going to win. And I know that's not, you know, a new revelation for anyone. Uh, I'm not always going to be right. You know, all these things that I have talked to people about this week or that I've struggled with myself, uh, you know, people are not going to meet my expectations a lot of the time. Uh, it's really up to me to realize that my expectations for other people and for situations are really nothing more than my expectations. But I can, if I'm not careful, if I'm not being mindful, and in other words, being mindful is really just another word for being aware 
of what it is that I'm thinking about what it is that I'm feeling physiologically and psychologically. And it's really just kind of getting to a point where I'm not, I'm no longer going to be ruled by my biochemistry, I guess would be one way of putting it. I know that there are a lot of these things that I really cannot change. I can, you know, some of these things I can optimize them through diet and exercise and different, you know, different healing modalities. But at the end of the day, what's going to happen is going to happen with me physiologically and, and with all human beings. We try our best if, if that's what we want to do. But at the end of the day, it is really, I, because I can't control that, and the more that I try to cling to having control over it, the more that I'm going to suffer, the more that I need to be right, the more that I think that it needs to go my way. Really, the you know, for me to have any way at all that I think it needs to be, causes suffering for me. And so if I can put myself in a position where even though I am, you know, these thoughts are running through my head and the only reason that they are, you know, these thoughts about needing to be right, about clinging to things, about not wanting something good to end, about wondering when the bad times are going to end or how long something good will last or when will I finally get a break? When will things finally go my way? If I really can just, and I use that word again, if I can just kind of groove with this. In other words, I may find myself thinking thoughts about these things, but it's, you know, it's no longer because I'm willing myself to think about it. It's almost as if I've seen behind the curtain and I realize that trying to think my way out of anything generally is not going to work for me. It hasn't worked for me and I'm not going to put a lot of stock in it. Now, when I, there is one aspect of thinking that I do want to give credence to, and I want to, and I want to make sure I speak about this. I realize there are times in life when I do need to think, you know, critical thinking, when I do need to deal with logistics, when I, you know, I do need to plan. I do need to live in the human realm. In other words, I know even with myself and and a lot of people I've worked with, once we get to a place where we actually can calm our minds, when we can experience some of the good things that come from not believing all of our thoughts, there, you know, there can be a lot of feelings of bliss and there can be a lot of feelings of being centered. And it can be something that, you know, once it's experienced that way, there can be a desire to want to stay there, so to speak. And I've worked with a lot of people and I, and I found myself there years ago when I finally got a taste of what this is really like to, to, you know, to sustain a practice of mindfulness to practice, you know, getting to a place where I could sit for an hour or an hour and a half and just pay attention to what's going on in my mind, that can become very alluring. And when we're there, we're not necessarily, you know, we're grooving. We're essentially, we're, you know, we're basically just kind of rolling with what, with what is the, you know, whatever the universe has in store, this is what we're doing. We're just rolling with it. We're just, you know, flowing with it. And it can be very tempting to want to, once you experience that, to want to stay there and not have to to live in the human realm. And I say that kind of almost laughing because I can think about some of, you know, the, uh, the ridiculousness and the silliness of how I tried so hard to kind of stay in those places and not deal with the stuff of life. And there's an old, there's an old Zen saying that I've always loved. And it says, once you reach the mountaintop, in other words, once you've gotten to that place where you can really just be and you experience it for a period of time, 
you can't stay on the top of the mountain. At some point, you find that it is necessary and it is okay to return back to the marketplace. Now, I sort of, that's really the, you know, that's the whole saying plus a little bit of me adding some things to that. But that's really what it means. In other words, you know, I can, you know, if I'm not careful, I can use this as an escape as well. It can become very easy as humans. We find something that works for us that allows us to escape the difficulties of everyday life. And I, like all people, have uh, have fallen prey to that. But it's really what I have found, and I guess I would say that the flip side of this is that if I can, you know, if this is in fact a gift uh, in terms of being able to be more mindful, to be able to develop a level of awareness that we can separate ourselves, even if it's just a little bit, to get a little bit of headspace and separate ourselves from our thoughts, that we no longer identify ourselves as the thinker of these thoughts, that they're just thoughts. They're not mine. I don't have to claim them. Uh, I don't want to necessarily depersonalize or dissociate myself as, as, as someone that's no longer, you know, a human being that has these thoughts, but it's really about, I don't have to take them so seriously. I don't have to cling to them so much and believe that they're, you know, be so attached to the fact that these are my thoughts and I have to take them seriously. I really don't. But then again, on the other hand, I, you know, I do want to be fully human and I, and because I have experienced this over decades, I've gone to the extremes when I have found the power of being able to no longer believe everything I'm thinking about what I'm feeling. I wanted to live there and stay there all the time. And it took me a few years to realize that that was really not the idea here. The idea is to be able to practice and cultivate this kind of awareness, to be able to be able to be more mindful so that I can go back into the marketplace, so to speak, and be fully human and be able to share that with others, that I really can continue to try to be the best me I can be. But at the end of the day, no matter what, you know, how hard I want to, how high I set the bar, how hard I want to try, I want to remember that I may not always meet that standard. I may not always, you know, make the goal that I've set for myself. And I don't want to say that goals are wrong because they're not. There's nothing wrong with it. It's This is all part of being human. But I just don't want to get so caught up in all of my thoughts about the goal and needing to identify myself as the person that, you know, until I meet the goal, that, I, that I'm not really enough. It's about really, if I'm going to do these kinds of things, if I'm going to, you know, do critical thinking and I'm going to plan logistically, and I know that I have to do that. I have to be a full, uh, you know, a human. I remember my... Uh, one of my other teachers always talked about how, you know, even though we can develop an ability to be more mindful and be more, more aware and, and cultivate more of a spiritual life if we choose to, uh, not that I'm really talking about that here, but at the end of the day, he said, we also have to remember our zip code and we have to remember our social security number. So really it's just about, you know, the fact that we still do have to be here, that we do have responsibilities. And what I've found is that the more that I've allowed myself to be human, the you know the less you know the less that i have felt the need to judge myself and beat myself up emotionally and judge myself harshly for getting caught up in my thoughts and reacting to them in other words getting angry with people uh, emotional outbursts you know i you know once in a while i'm still you know even after you know over 20 years of this practice i'm i still do it I'm still going to get angry. I still am going to get my feelings hurt. I still am going to withdraw from people. Uh, I'm going to sometimes be passive aggressive because I'm human. And it's just a matter of 
the beautiful thing is that, you know, I may do it, but it's, I may not, I'm not going to spend days and weeks and months wrapped up in reactions to what someone has said to me or what they've done to me. And it's nothing special about me. This is something that anyone can do. And I've watched so many people transform their lives to where they're not suffering as much emotionally. They are actually having closer relationships and able to be more fully human and not worry about things. And I, and I've also found that, you know, being able to not worry so much about body image and what people think of me and what they think about what I'm doing or my work or what it is I'm bringing into the world. I don't have to be so caught up in my attachment to my own identity. I don't, there again, I don't want to dissociate from myself and try to pretend like I don't have an identity, but it's just that I can take it a little, I can inhabit these roles a little more lightly. I can go into life, you know, being in whatever role it is that I'm supposed to fulfill with a little bit less of a grip on it. I don't have to, uh, I don't have to worry so much about, you know, am I going to do this better than anyone else? I'm not, you know, am I going to fulfill this role in a way that no one else has? I'm just going to do my best. And if I make mistakes, I make mistakes, but I realize that I can be the one that chooses not to take it all so seriously. I do want to do my best and not only for myself, but really ultimately for others. That's really what, what the point of this has become. And I know that this all really gets back to how can I cope more effectively? How can I deal with all of these things that I dealt with even this week uh, that I talk to people about? And it's all these things that I spoke of. And, and the idea here is not for me to have a week where I don't have to deal with this. I'm not really looking for a vacation from this permanently because there's just really no way to do that other than withdraw from life completely. And then again, I've, I've, I've played that one out to, uh, to its very end. I have, uh, I've taken that as far as it can be taken, I think, at least as far as I could take it. And I found that I, it really was not a relief from being a human being that it's kind of like the old saying, wherever you go, there you are. I mean, if I find myself hiding in a cave by myself, I'm still, you know, there I am. I mean, the, the thoughts are still going to be there. Uh, never was able to find a way to shut them off. And, you know, I, I could never escape the fact that it was just as hard to cope with being a human being, you know, secluded and isolated away from people, even though I thought it would be easier, but it really isn't because I always have to, I'm always going to have that mind that's going to be having those thoughts. I'm always going to be caught up in remembering the past and reliving things that I really didn't need to take as seriously. But it's kind of a balance. If I'm out in the world, I'm not going to spend as much time ruminating over these things, you know, thinking about all the times that I've been done wrong or that I didn't get a, you know, get it, didn't catch a break because I'm, you know, really balancing it. In other words, I can be out in the world and be achieving that balance of being mindful in the middle of life while it's all happening. In other words, I kind of call that, you know, be mindful on our feet. So I really can live more fully and I'm not going to one extreme or the other. I don't want to go out in the world and believe everything that I'm thinking about how I'm feeling and clinging to an identity and taking it so seriously that that's all I see. But at the same time, I also don't want to withdraw from the world and, uh, and just try to maintain this constant blissful state because at some point, no matter how hard I try, it's not going to last forever. So if I can really just kind of find what the Buddha referred to as the middle path, just right down the center of the road, 
not too far one way or the other. But essentially, if I can do that, then I really do just want to be grooving with life. I really do. And I know that if I want to do that, I have to be willing to practice it. I have to be willing to uh, to not get caught up in what, my, what I'm thinking about what I'm feeling. And I have to be able to be aware enough to separate myself from those thoughts, even if it's just a little bit, so that I, you know, I want to own them. You know, but at the end of the day, I, you know, at the end of the day, I don't, doesn't mean whatever I think is anything that I need to act on. I can let go of it and just let it pass and let, you know, these thoughts come and they go and I don't have to get all caught up with it. And at the end of the day or caught up in it at the end of the day, that it really is possible to, uh, to be, you know, really is to be able to be more human. And I know that this practice really has helped and I know that it's helped, you know, way more people than me.